glimpsed in the angels that watched with awe. The unfolding plans of our faithful redeeming God. What they longed for we have seen. What was promised we believe. Hope of the ages. Isaiah's great light. Abraham's offspring, blessing of Jacob, Judah's might. Hope of the ages. David's true son. Desire of nations, promise salvation, God with us. The vision once clouded has now to our hearts Sing a 
Oh
chosen to carry a son. Give no heed to the trembling inside, for the wonder has only begun. Do not fear. Do not fear. The child you will hold is the Savior foretold, drawing near. Do not. Shepherds, look up and take heart. See the glory of heaven burn bright. Hear the anthem of joy and good news. Hope is dawned in a stable. Yeah.
divine and tender, hailing from eternal shores. Once arrayed in highest splendor, now in poverty adorned. He is Jesus, God made mortal, word and flesh, the light of life. From a throne room to a stable, hope is born this holy
Reaching down. 
into the deepest night to the world hope has come in the dark the light of life has dawned good morning church Happy New Year. So glad that you're here this morning. I'm so glad that we've gathered together to worship our Savior Jesus. Let's begin our time together uh, in his word, uh, reading it to one another and obeying it as we read it. Would you stand together? We're going to read from Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17 aloud together. So let's read this. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And let's... let's do that together. Let's encourage one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Let's sing so loud the nations hear. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We're gathered together to lift up your name, to call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We're gathered together to lift up your name. To call on our Savior, to fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down, as your people sing. We will rise with you, lifted on your wings, and the world will see that our God saves. Our
sound of our offering as your saints bow down as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wings and the world will see that yes the world will see that our god saves do you believe in church tells us that if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Let's sing those words together. We won't fear the battle, we won't fear the night, we will walk the valley with you by our side. You will go before us, you will lead the way. We have found a refuge, only you can save. Sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Stand against us if our God is for us. Even when I stumble, even when I fall, even when I turn back, still your love is sure. You will not abandon, you will not forsake. You will cheer me onward with never-ending grace. Sing for joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Neither height nor depth can separate us. Neither height nor depth can separate us. Hell and death will not defeat us. He who gave his son to free us holds me in his love. Neither height nor depth can separate us. Hell and death will not defeat us. He who gave his son to free us holds me in his love. Sing with joy now, our God is for us. 
the Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Sing with joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. Who can stand against us if our God is for us? Amen. Thank you for your singing. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. Happy New Year! Hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's celebration. We exist at Hebron Baptist Church to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. Whether that's, that means for you joining a local church, putting your faith in God, growing in a mental relationship, wherever we are, we want to encourage all of us to take our next steps toward Christ. Well, my name is Alan, and it is such a joy to be here to worship with you all today. If you're a guest with us today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here, and we'd love to get to know you. One way that we can do that is if you would be willing to fill out a Connect card. It looks like this. It's in the seat right in front of you. If you'd fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, if you leave through these front doors, you can turn left. You'll see our Next Steps desk. You can turn this, this Connect card in there. Someone will be happy to meet you, to answer any questions that you may have, and to give you a free gift. So welcome to, welcome to our guests. Uh, also, if you'd like to give, we always encourage giving. There's a few ways that you can do that. One way is if you grab a card that looks like this. This is our online giving card. You can scan that QR code with your phone. That'll direct you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall here. You can drop a gift in. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebrew, Kentucky, 41048. Or you can come into the office Monday to Thursday, 9 to 430, or Friday 9 to noon. All right, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to please pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for another day, for another year that you've let us come into, 2022. Thank you, God, for the gift of life, the gift of knowing you in this new year. We're excited, Lord, for what you have in store for us. And this morning, Lord, we think specifically of our church's core value of joyful hospitality. Father, thank you for how hospitable you've been to us, welcoming us into your family, taking us from running far away from you, from turning to things that we think will please us and drawing us close to you. Like a prodigal son, you brought us home as children to you. Thank you for your hospitality. We pray that you would use us to reflect that love in this new year with our neighbors, with those around us, and with each other. Lord, we pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for our dear friends, the Richard family, Chris, Rhonda, Hannah, and Kinley, Lord, thank you so much for this sweet family that has left our church with a call from you to international missions. We pray for them, that you would bless them now in Mexico, Lord, that you would encourage and protect them, give them giftings to learn the language. We pray for Hannah and Kinley, that you'd bless them to grow in friendships with others, help them all through all the changes that they're experiencing in a new place, and we pray that all this would bear fruit that you would use them, Lord, that wherever they end up going, that many people would come to know you as Savior through their ministry. Lord, we also pray for many health concerns here at church. We, we pray for those affected by COVID in this time. We pray for healing. 
God, we go to you as the one who can heal us, and we pray for your help. Father, we pray for Linda Davis. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing to her from the stroke she's experienced. We pray for Paulette Schalk. We thank you, Lord, for, for good reports that you're answering our prayers. We pray that you continue to bless her kidneys to function, Lord. We thank you that her chest tube is working. We pray that her still in ICU would experience you and that you'd be with her family also. Lord, please be with Frank Jones, who recently had his foot amputated from a diabetes complication. We pray that you would be close to him, that even in this hard time, that he would experience you with him. And Lord, we also pray for Tim Witcher, who recently fell and has had to have surgeries and is also positive with COVID. With all these concerns, Lord, we lift them up to you as the God who can care for us, even in this new year. Lord, most of all, we lift up to you the need that we all have, and that's of forgiveness. Lord, we have become separated from you because of our sin. Please forgive us, Lord, for what we've done, and thank you that your response to us has been love, that you sent your son on a radical, loving mission to die on the cross to pay for our sins. We pray you'd wash us clean in the blood of Jesus and give us new life in the power of his resurrection. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. What we prayed for and what's going on in so many of our lives and in this new year, not the unknowns of all these things. Uh, never has a time been more appropriate to sing these words. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. If you believe that, would you stand and let's sing that together. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong. Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess. Christ, our hope in life and death. What truth can calm the troubled soul? God is good, God is good. Where is His grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood. Who holds our faith when fears arise? Who stands above the stormy trial? Who sends the waves that bring us life? Unto the shore, the rock of Christ. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess, 
Christ our hope in life and death. Unto the grave what shall we sing? Christ he lives, Christ he lives, and what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. There we will rise to meet the Lord. Then sin and death will be destroyed. And we will feast in endless joy. When Christ is ours forevermore. Oh, sing hallelujah. Our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah. Now and ever we confess. Christ our hope in life and death. Oh, sing hallelujah, our hope springs eternal. Oh, sing hallelujah, now and ever we confess. Christ our hope in life and death, now and ever we confess. Christ our hope in life and death. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. As we go into a time of God's word, let's make this our prayer. Bye. 
Bible and turn with me to the Old Testament prophet of Joel. Old Testament prophet of Joel will be in chapter 2, and in the Pew Bibles here, it's on page 808. Old Testament prophet Joel, chapter 2. This, uh, this message is not part of a series, but it'll be kind of a one-off as we look forward to the new year. So I'll be reading verse 25, Joel chapter 2. I'll just read the first half of verse 25. Joel 2.25 says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the hope of a new year. And we also come with pains from the last years. We thank you that you are a God of restoration. And we pray that this morning that you might give us hope for the restoration you have in store for us in Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. A few years ago, I was working on a project at the Creation Museum. And it was an exhibit we were, we were doing. And my task, one of the tasks, was to select a stain color that we would apply to the floor. It wasn't too hard. Just select a stain color. And I had a few other things I had to do, so I kind of lost track of time, and I was putting this task off for a while, and finally I had to do it. So I, I made my selection. It was a Sherwin and Williams stain color. Good, all good. We're good to go, except I had waited so long that we didn't have time to order this stain. We had to actually go to a store. I'd waited. It was like a Friday, I think, when I made my selection. It was going to be applied on Monday, and I had put myself in a pickle because we didn't have the stain yet. And we had a limited window when it could be applied by our team. So it fell upon me to go, and I had to go to the store and buy this, which wasn't too big of a deal. I mean, Saturdays for me are frequently family days, but it was just one trip to Sherwin-Williams. So I remember on a Saturday, I drove to Sherwin-Williams, and I said, you guys have this? And it came in a small container, and they only had like three of them. And we ended up, we needed 30 of them. So I was like, okay. And that began a whole day of me traveling to Sherwin-Williams stores all around the Cincinnati area. I think by the time the sun was setting, I got my last 30th little container of this stuff. And I was, the whole day I was like calling the next store ahead, like, hey, do you guys have any buckets of this stuff? Okay, can you save two for me, three for me? It was just little quantities at all these stores. And so finally on Monday, I was a hero. I, I had put myself in this, this situation, but I came through. I had wasted my whole Saturday uh, getting all this stuff, and I came in. And we tested a little bit, and we decided we just needed a fraction of one bucket to do the whole floor. And I just felt like, 
I just wasted that whole Saturday. I just felt this sense of disappointment and like, man, God, why did I do that? I could have hung out with my family. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like your expectations of something are not met or that you've just wasted something in some way? When I think about the last year or two, that comes to mind a lot. I think about people who've been in different situations when COVID's come along, like kids who were looking forward to going to school in person, but for a while they had to go online, or high school students who were looking forward to a normal graduation, but it had to be altered and online, or college students who wanted to go and get their college experience, but they were stuck in their dorm room online, people who were looking forward to a career, but the career fields have been strange, times of people being let go and then not being able to find workers, or people who've lost loved ones, people who had plans to retire with their spouse, but they've lost a loved one, people whose health has, has been permanently damaged. These moments where we feel disappointed, our expectations have not been met, or maybe it's not COVID at all. I think about people who've experienced tornadoes recently, their expectations for what their new year was going to look like have drastically changed. How do we go forward and have hope? when our expectations have not been met, when we've been so disappointed, when we felt like the years that we wanted to do this, we no longer can do that. Well, in this small book of Joel in the Old Testament, Joel has this experience where there's a plague of locusts that come upon his land, and it's disastrous. And they are asking the same questions that we're asking. Where do we go for hope now? But amazingly, Joel, he has this incredible source of hope, even though he's in this horrible circumstance. And so this morning, my hope is that we can turn to the book of Joel and from Joel 2 see three ways that we can experience hope in 2022. Three ways that we can experience hope in 2022. So from Joel chapter 2 first, to experience hope in 2022, we must trust the Lord excuse me, trust the God of restoration with the past. To experience hope in 2022, we must trust the God of restoration with the past. Let's look again at that verse. I'll read the whole thing now, Joel 2, verse 25. God says here, I will repay you for the years that the swarming locusts ate, the young locusts, the destroying locusts, and the devouring locusts, my great army that I sent against you. Scars of our past can haunt us can't they? They don't just go by. They can really set in. <clears throat> and in this case, in, in Joel, we see in the previous chapter, he describes what has happened to him and his people. And in Joel 1 verse 4, he says, what the devouring locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust has left, the young locust has eaten. And what the young locust has left, the destroying locust has eaten. This has been a devastating plague that's come through. It seems that it's one that's, that's bigger, that's uh, more horrible than any of the, the remembrance. And then in verse 12 of chapter 1, we see it hits home in a deeper way. It says, The grapevine is dried up, and the fig tree is withered, the pomegranate, the date palm, and the apple, all the trees of the orchard have withered. Indeed, human joy has dried up. So it's not just that there are these physical ramifications of plagues in Joel's day or in ours. But these ramifications impact us emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Human joy has dried up. And I can see that so much in our own lives, in our own circumstance. And it causes me to ask the question, why do we have to go through these calamities? Why do people suffer? And the Bible's answer, of course, big picture perspective, goes back to the first 
chapters that the first people that God made, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. They turned to their own way instead of his, and that resulted in pain and conflict and death. And this fall impacts us to our very day. Everywhere we turn, everywhere that we think about these last two years, so much is a result of that fall. But one amazing thing we see is that even in the midst of a fallen world, we have a God of restoration who is at work. Even through the pain that we experience, God is at work restoring. Look back at that verse, 225. I will repay you for the years that the swarming locusts ate. God has a a heart of restoration. Even though they were going through this horrible plague, God didn't forget. God didn't miss it. He knows what it was. He knows the years that they experienced and he will restore what has been lost. It seems that in the case of Joel, that this plague came upon because of sins that the people had committed, and and Joel's calling the people to repent. But that's not always the case, and we experience calamity in our lives. For example, think about Job, this amazing character in the Bible who experienced calamities that were sent upon him not because of sins he had committed, but because of a bigger purpose that that God had. In the spiritual realm as it related to his relationship with Satan. And as far as we know, Job never knew what was going on in the heavens. Job simply had to trust that what God was doing, what God was allowing to happen, was right. Sometimes God uses calamities in our own lives so that we can be prepared to minister to others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God has restorative purposes even in our moments of brokenness. Ultimately, we have this amazing promise that we can trust that God will use the pains of our past for good. As you know, Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. So we're often left with unanswered questions when we think about the scars of our past, but we can confidently trust that God is bringing restoration. We can trust our past to God. I recently um, was blessed to hear a story from my friend Johnny. I work with Johnny He shared about the horrible, sad situation when his younger brother, Isaac, passed away. Isaac, he was a young man around 16 when he was diagnosed with bone cancer. And Isaac's health, it went up and down, but he never complained. Why me? Why God? He he became frustrated because because of his condition, he would be drowsy. And he wanted to get up and read the Bible, but he couldn't do that so easily. He would ride his bike to get himself alert. He had some operations which pretty much... Uh, preventing him from doing much things physically. And so while his peers and friends were going to college or hanging out with girls or playing sports, he couldn't do any of these things. And Johnny said that his sisters once asked him when he was in the hospital, how do you feel about not having a normal life? And Isaac responded by saying, what is normal? I mean, what is the standard? Is it that person or that person? Who gets the pick? We're not guaranteed anything. So Isaac, he sadly passed away. Uh, But what was so amazing to me was my friend Johnny, Isaac's brother, who told me this story. He just saw the good in this. He saw what God was up to. I mean, of course, it was horrible, and Johnny misses his brother dearly, but Johnny trusted his past to God. Johnny had an eye to see how God was using that horrible thing to grow Johnny in his own faith. 
And the pains that we experience in our past are opportunities for God to restore and grow us. So how can we trust God with the pains of our past? How can we trust the God of restoration with the pains of our past? Here's just a few quick, easy things. One is to recognize them. A lot of times we go through life not even knowing how the scars of our past impact our present. And so it may take time to sit and to pray, to meditate, to say, God, what has happened in my life that is causing me pain right now? And then when we recognize them, to share them, to share them with others, to share them with God, to say, God, look, I see this happened to me, or I did this, and this is still affecting me today. God, would you please heal me? You're a God of restoration. Or to confess them to others. Some of the, the pain in our past that still affects us today may result from guilt from our sins. And as we confess that guilt to others, it's been the case in my life, there's a sense of freedom. There's a sense of restoration that comes as we share what is, what is pulling us down from our past. And then finally, surrender them. Surrender them to God. We can't go back into our past. We can't do it over again. But we have a God who is over time. And we can surrender our past to Him. And He can make good. So first, to experience hope in 2022, we must trust the God of restoration with our past. But of course, it doesn't just stay in the past. We keep looking forward. So not only do we trust God with our past, but two, to experience hope in 2022, we must know the God of restoration in the present. To experience hope in 2022, we must know the God of restoration in the present. Let's keep digging into Joel chapter 2. Let's keep seeing God speak of restoration after these plagues that Joel had spoken of. Starting in verse 26. Joel 2, 26, it says, You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God who has is, who is dwelt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. After this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams and your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. So our God, a God of restoration, the end of his story for his people is not plagues, but it's restoration. And we see that sometimes God, it takes something challenging for us, like a plague, for us to see with clarity how great he is, how much we need him now. Looking at verse 27, you will know that I am present in Israel, that I am the Lord your God. We have a God who will be present with us. No matter what comes upon us in 2022, we have this greatest hope for restoration, that God will be with us through it all. No matter what happens, no matter what health circumstances, job circumstances, relational circumstances, we can guarantee one thing. God will be present with his people in 2022. What an awesome hope we have. And then it gets even crazier. Look what Joel says here. He says in verse 28, after this, and he speaks about something that will happen in the future from his perspective. He speaks of a time when God will pour out his spirit on his people in an unprecedented way. God will be present with his people in an unprecedented way. Check out what Daniel Hayes has to say about this in his book, The Message of the Prophets. He says, in Joel 2, 28 to 32, Yahweh, promises to pour out his spirit on his people 
Joel 2, 28 through 29 stresses the point that all kinds of people, sons, daughters, old, young, men and women, will receive the spirit of Yahweh. This is in sharp contrast to all earlier occurrences when Yahweh gave his spirit. Normally, he gave his spirit only to a few select people at a few special times in history. People like Moses or King David or the prophets. Now, Yahweh is promising to give his spirit to all of his people, indicating a remarkable shift or change to something new. The spirit of Yahweh is closely connected throughout the Old Testament to three themes, presence, power, and revelation from Yahweh. Thus, the promise of the spirit implies that people will know and experience the presence of Yahweh in a new way, that they will have knowledge of him in a new way, and that this new presence and knowledge will bring enabling power to his people. So Joel, he lived hundreds of years before Jesus, and he looked forward to a time when God would pour out his spirit in an unprecedented way. And as you know, in the New Testament, Jesus arrived on the scene. God and man in one. He lived this perfect, amazing life. He died on the cross. He rose again, and he ascended to heaven. And in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, after Jesus ascended to heaven, this amazing event happened. We call it Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit came in this dramatic, unprecedented way. And these people, they were doing incredible things, and people who saw them, they thought, are they drunk? What's going on? And one of the followers of Jesus, Peter, he stands up, and he says this. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews, and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Peter's saying, you know that, that little book way back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years written before Jesus, what's happening now? Joel spoke about that. And right here in the book of Acts, Peter goes on to quote what we just read from Joel. Peter says, from, from Joel, And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. What we just read. We live in the same age, the New Testament age, that Peter lived in. That means that if we're believers in Jesus... His spirit fills us in the very way that Joel looked forward to. We have this amazing gift of God's presence in the present because he lives in followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us to empower us, to be with us. So no matter what we experience in 2022, we can rest assured God is with us in an amazing way. In 1996, it was a big year for roller coaster fans. I'm a roller coaster fan. I grew up around here, went to Kings Island, and Kings Island opened the Outer Limits Flight of Fear. Have you ridden that ride? Outer Limits Flight of Fear. If you've ridden it, you know what I'm talking about. It's an oldie, but it's still a goodie. Man, it's a good ride. When I rode it first, I was like nine years old, I think. I was a kid, and I remember going there with my dad. I was there with my dad. We were waiting in line. We waited for four hours. I'm so grateful for my dad because it was like shut down and stuff, but we were waiting. But if you've ridden the ride, you know it's not your average coaster. It's themed to this super cool, scary alien flying saucer that's in this hangar. And you go into this dark hangar, and there's the UFO, and you have to wait in line before you actually go into the UFO, and then you get on the ride. And it's so cool. Well, as a nine-year-old, I was scared. I mean, I shouldn't have been, but I was. I mean, it's like a UFO, and it's dark and scary, and we were stuck there for four hours. So I was scared. I was scared. But it was okay, because my dad was with me. 
Because my dad was with me, it was okay. I could be there. I could do it. We rode together. I was so excited. I remember after riding it, I went to my mom, and I told her how cool it was. I wouldn't have done it without my dad, but because my dad was with me, I could do it. God is with us in a special way. And in 2022, he may have some amazing things for us, opportunities to minister, to share his amazing love with those around us, things that may make us afraid, but he is with us. That's the thing that we can rely upon. God is present now with his people. So what should we do this year, knowing that we are empowered by God, that he's present with us? Well, one, don't underestimate what God wants to do through you. you. If you're like me, you might think, like, God, who am I? What am I? What can I possibly do for you? Don't underestimate what God will do, because it's not you. It's God who is empowering us, who is present with us. No matter what struggle, no matter what health concern we might go through, God is present with his people. For, for some of us this year, that might look like going and joining the gospel to every home ministry, going door-to-door on select Sunday evenings, sharing about our church, asking people how we can pray for them. It might be scary to knock on a door, but we have God with us, and we have a God of restoration. So God is on a mission. He's on the move to bring people, to restore them, to give them hope. Maybe for some of us, it means making friends with neighbors and inviting them over to dinner. Or for others, inviting people to youth group or at school, going and having lunch with someone who we might be nervous to hang out with, all for the sake of building a relationship and sharing the good news of Jesus. God is with us now. We can know him. So to experience hope in 2022, not only do we trust God with our past, but we know him, the God of restoration, in our present. But then third, it doesn't end with the present. It ends with the future. To experience hope in 2022, not only do we trust God with the present, know him, in, or trust him with the past, know him with the present, but we rest in the God of restoration for the future. To experience hope in 2022, rest in the God of restoration for the future. Let's read one more selection from Joel, going back to Joel chapter 2, starting in verse 30. I will display wonders, said Joel, saying what God's saying. In the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awe-inspiring day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of Yahweh will be saved, for there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem as the Lord promised. Among the survivors, the Lord calls. These are some perplexing um, words that we're reading here. And some interpreters, they see in these verses events that are yet to come. However the details are going to work out, we can rest assured that God holds the future in his hands. We can know that Jesus will return and that a new heavens and new earth will be set up. Theologian Dwayne Garrett, he speaks of Joel and he explains... As did most of the Old Testament prophets, Joel addressed the problems facing his own generation and saw in those problems theological parallels to eschatological events. Eschatology, the the things of the end, end times, last things. We can see in Joel eschatological events, things that are yet to come, and be reminded that God has the future in his hands. 
It's not us. It's not man. It's not any plans that we could possibly make. But God holds the future in his hands. And I wonder, as Joel did, as he, in his own day, saw parallels with the, the, the calamities of his own day and then the end, if we can see some parallels like that also. If we can see parallels with the calamities of our own day and how they might reflect things yet to come. For example, we are not promised that tomorrow will be like today. I have seen that so much. Uh, just in the last couple years, the suddenness, the unexpectedness of a calamity that affects so many people reminds me of how Jesus will return suddenly, one day affecting everybody. So our hope isn't in what our plans might be, but we get to rest our hopes for the future in God's future. One thing we can be assured of, though, is that everyone who calls on the name of Yahweh, on the name of the Lord, will be saved. These words that Joel prophesied, that Paul in the New Testament quotes, everybody who puts their faith in Jesus, young or old, Jew or Gentile, male or female, will experience being saved, being given eternal life. And this, of course, is because of what Jesus has done for us. We don't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve eternal life. But Jesus, the God-man, he lived a perfect life and as he died on the cross, it's like he took the ultimate locust plague for what we deserve. It consumed him in our place. And in, in place of that, we're given the hope of eternal life, that all who put their faith in Jesus will be saved. So, practically, how can we rest in God for our futures? Jesus explained, he taught that we must live our life now for the next. We must live for the sake of eternity now. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. We might think of where plagues can destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up your, yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. Live for the sake of eternity now. Growing up, I've kind of collected this little collection of theme park knickknacks. It's really pretty silly. Um, I have, like, T-shirts and hats and brochures and stuff like that from theme parks. And it really means nothing at all. But I guess I've just thought, you know, it's kind of cool to have this. And maybe one day I display them or something. I don't even know. Well, we, we store them in our basement, and they just sit there getting dusty. And a couple years ago or so, we had a leak in our, in our house, and water leaked down to the basement, and it got into some of these shirts and knickknacks and things, and it destroyed them. They were smelly and gross, and, and uh, we had to throw them away. It was kind of, you know, it, it hurt my feelings, because I'm like, man, this shirt was so cool, but I can't have it anymore, so it's gone. And I just think, wow, I was treasuring something so dumb. I was treasuring something in this world that I thought could satisfy, but it didn't. It didn't because moths and locusts and rust destroy stuff in this world. But what if I would treasure things of eternity? What would that look like if I'm living now for the sake of eternity? What would it look like in 2022? Here's just a few things that it, it could look like for us. Building relationships sharing the love of Jesus, maybe entering into a mentor relationship where we're seeking to grow and to help others grow so that in eternity we could be with Jesus. That's something that locusts and moths and rust cannot destroy. Or maybe using the talents, the, the hobbies and interests that God has given us for God's sake. 
to, to help people know who Jesus is, that's something that locusts and moths cannot destroy. Maybe it's going on a mission trip. Maybe it's being called by God and saying yes as we go and support our partners among the nations to help their mission in sharing Jesus with those around them. Live for the sake of eternity today. So, big recap, big idea. How do we experience hope in 2022? Trust the God of restoration with the past. Know the God of restoration in the present. And rest in the God of restoration for our future. I want to wrap up with a, just a little bit of an interactive moment here. Um, I'm going to just be silent for about 30 seconds. And I just want to invite us all, including me, to just pray with those 30 seconds and say, God, with this new year in front of us, 2022, what are you calling me to do? Is there a way that you're calling me to trust you with my past, to know you in my present, or to rest in you in my future? So just 30 seconds of silent prayer, offering, seeking God's guidance in these things, and then I'll close this with a prayer as the worship team comes up. We thank you for the excitement and the hope of a new year, of a fresh start, of a new calendar. And we thank you for the opportunities that you've given to us, Lord. We thank you that we get to know you, to know your spirit, to know the fellowship that you offer to us. Lord, we pray that you would use this year, this upcoming year, we dedicate it to you, praying that you would give us hope and an amazing experience of knowing you and making you known in 2022. Thank you, God, for all you've done for us, for the amazing ways you've worked in the past, even in our, in our sorrows, for being the God of restoration. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we look at following God in a new year, let's sing these words of encouragement to each other. Would you, to each other. Would you stand to your feet? Nor a frown, nor a cross.
church. Just a few announcements for you. Uh, the office will be closed tomorrow, so just be aware of that. Additionally, um, by way of reminder, we posted it online, but Mark and I will be going to Mexico to see the Richard family, to visit them, encourage them as they're nearing the end of language school. We'll be gone the 13th through the 20th of this month, so uh, this upcoming Sunday, the 9th, is the last Sunday um, to give letters, cards of encouragement to bring by for us to bring down to the Richard family. Um, they're girls, Hannah and Kinley. Uh, it's their birthday on the 21st, so we would love it if you would write a birthday card or something for that. We'd love to really bring a lot by, even if you don't know them. Like, our, our church has, has had some, some new people join lately. They would love to hear from you. I've never met them. They were sent out before I, I started coming here. Um, so I'm excited to go down and meet them. So especially if you haven't um, met them in person, we would encourage you to, to write them a card as our, as our missionaries and encourage them in their work. Uh, lastly, or next to last, we have a missions luncheon I'd like to remind you of on Sunday the 23rd after service. We're going to head down to the Fellowship Hall. Pastor Mark is going to give us some updates on our, on our mission partners, upcoming trips, dates, stuff like that. Uh, one line we just say, sang is where you send we will go. These are the partnerships that the Lord has given us in, in Utah and London and soon to be Argentina. 
uh, come learn about these trips. Consider, as, as Pastor Allen has, set, has talked about, what is the Lord calling you that's new in 2022? Maybe one of those things is, is going with us and partnering with our, our partners around the world on a mission trip. Lastly, uh, the Mentor Conference is February 4th and 5th. It's a Friday night, Saturday morning, and Dr. Lawless is going to preach on Sunday morning. If you want to learn more about discipleship relationships, uh, how you can be, get involved with what our church is going to be doing in these groups of three uh, relationships, it's Friday evening, 7 to 8.30, Saturday morning, 9 to 11.30. Uh, make plans to be there. We, we, it's going to be really good stuff. Uh, we, we hope to see each and every one of you there. And lastly, I just uh, want us to dwell again on what Pastor Allen talked about in Joel 2. That day has come. Pentecost happened. The Lord poured out his spirit on all flesh. And that spirit, if you are a believer, indwells you. So go, go in grace, go in strength, and consider what the Lord's calling you to do new in 2022. Uh, thank you, church. You are dismissed.